be in Ruth chapter 3 tonight, and uh, I've enjoyed these uh, studies in Ruth. I hope you have as well, and uh, really the book of Ruth is four scenes, if you would. Um, uh, chapter 1, it's, it's uh, set in Moab, and, uh, and then chapter number 2 is, is out in the field. Is, is the setting. And then chapter 3, we've been preaching about Ruth at the feet of Boaz uh, on the threshing floor and where she pours her heart out uh, to Boaz and lets him know the desires of her heart. And uh, tonight we're going to finish this chapter and we'll be moving into chapter number 14. And so we do ask you to pray. And I want to ask you something. I want to request something from you. Uh, don't become too familiar uh, with the Bible or, or a certain part. I know we've spent a lot of time here, but I really hope that when we're done that you'll know, if, there, if you don't know anything, you'll know about the book of Ruth and you can communicate that to someone else. And, and by the way, the Bible uh, is, a, is a systematic book. You understand? It's, it's, there's connections throughout all the Bible. And the better you know one book of the Bible, the better you can know all the books of the Bible. And uh, when you read the New Testament... You see, every doctrine in the New Testament, every major doctrine in the New Testament, you find in seed form in the Old Testament. And, and so when you read the New Testament, you'll read things that, uh, that the truths and doctrines, that you'll, that, and, and it'll, it'll remind you of things you read in the Old Testament. So let's look tonight in Ruth chapter 3 and verse 14. And if you're able and willing tonight, would you please stand out of reverence to the Word of God. And then we'll read the scriptures and pray and ask God's blessing on them tonight and uh, ask us for his touch tonight. The Bible says in Ruth chapter 3 and verse 14, And she lay at his feet until the morning, and she rose up before one could know another. And he said, Let it not, let it not be known that a woman came unto the floor. Also, he said, Bring the veil, bring the veil that thou hast upon thee, and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her. And she went into the city, and when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Who art thou, my daughter? And she, and she told her all that the man had done, under, done to her. And she said, These six measures of barley gave he me. For he said to me, Go not empty unto thy mother-in-law. And then said she, Sit still, my daughter, until the morning. She said, sit still, my daughter, I'm sorry, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man will not be in rest until he has finished this, the thing this day. Let's pray. Dear God, tonight I pray you'd help us. Lord, I pray that you would let these truths, Lord, that we've been shown this week, Lord, as we've studied and thought about these verses, Lord, in anticipation of tonight's service, Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, that throughout the week, Lord, you reveal yourself to me and you show me the truths that I need to communicate to your people. And I pray tonight you'd enable me, Lord, to do it in such a way that everything that's said is clear and, Lord, it's understandable. And I pray that it's a help to those that listen tonight. I pray tonight for those that are here, Lord, in this room and for those that are on this property right now listening those that are watching from home, I pray, God, tonight that you'd go to where they are, Lord, and you'd sit down beside them, and, Lord, you'd touch their heart. And, Lord, I pray that we might leave here tonight, Lord, uh, excited, Lord, and recharged to go out in this world like the ladies uh, just saying. I pray that when we leave tonight, we'd go out determined for others to see Jesus in us. 
Lord, we love you tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. <coughs> I want you to look at verse number 15. And uh, or actually, I want you to hold your place right here in Ruth chapter 3 and turn to Psalms uh, 68 and verse 19. 68 and verse 19. Psalm 68 and verse 19. And by the way, the sermon tonight will not win any awards for Deep Theologian of the Year. But that's not the goal of my preaching tonight, is to impress or to wow you with big words and fancy sayings. But I believe tonight what we're going to preach on, if you'll, if you'll accept it and receive it, it can help you in your daily life. It can, it, can, it can make a difference in your life. And I want to ask you this question. What good is preaching if people don't understand? What, what, what you know... <laughs> There's a, there's a folly I see in the ministry. There's some that think that the more complicated they can make simple things sound, the wiser they are. But as you know, true wisdom is not making simple things complicated, but taking complicate, complicated things, that's a tongue, tongue twister, complicated things and making them simple and being able to understand. The greatest preachers I've ever sat under and listened to were men of God that were very wise, very intelligent, but when they preached, Brother Larry, they could take the most difficult and the most complicated things and communicate it in such a way that the youngest believer could understand. And so that's what we're going to try to do tonight. Psalm 68 and verse 19. The Bible says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. And I believe we could all testify that the Lord is a God that daily loadeth us with many benefits. Amen. Tonight, there's a lot of burdens to serving God. There are. And there's battles, but there's more benefits than a man or a woman can ever number or ever count. Now, I want you to look back in Ruth chapter 3. I just want to read one verse over there. And in verse number 15, the Bible says, He measured six measures of barley, and here it is, and laid it on her. And laid it on her. And if the Lord will help me tonight, I want, I want to preach on when God lays it on you. When God lays it on you. Up until this point in Ruth's life, she had simply been surviving. When she was out there in the field uh, falling after those reapers, all she was trying to do was get enough to go another day. Uh, get enough to just make it to the next day. But now after she had spent the night there at Boaz's feet there on the threshing floor, she was about to leave. And he said, honey, hold up one second. I don't want you to leave. I got something I want to give you. And he said, don't go get one of those little Kroger sacks or one of them little tote sacks. He said, bring the veil. The veil would have been an outer garment that would cover her whole self. And she brought it and held it out. And the Bible says he measured out six measures of barley and laid it on her. I mean, and listen tonight, I'm so glad that God will lay it on his children. Amen. And listen, there are times where we go uh, through seasons where it seems that we are without the things that we need. And there's times in our life where we wonder if God will ever lay it on us again. But I'm so glad that time and time again, he'll come and he'll lay it on me in such a way that I'll leave his presence knowing he loves and he cares for me. 
Ruth did not ask for this. She did not request this. But from a loving heart, Boaz said, I'm going to give her something. I'm going to bless her in such a way that when she leaves my presence, she'll know I love her and she'll know that I'm serious about the words that I've told her tonight. And tonight God blesses us. The Bible said in Psalm 68, he daily loadeth us with his benefits. And uh, over there in Psalms 103, the psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Uh, And he says, And let me not forget all his benefits. And the Bible said he laid it on her. For ten years Ruth had not uh, had anyone lay anything on her. What she had had laid on her was trouble and trials and, and struggles and pain and burdens and disappointment. She had been carrying that heavy load of grief and mourning and bitterness but brother David I'm glad that after she spent the night in the presence of Boaz he went into the coffers of his supply and brought out a blessing for her and laid it on her. (laughs) And oh listen tonight God wants to lay it on you tonight and he wants to lay it on me. The problem is tonight we will not stay close enough and long enough for God to lay it on us. But if we'll tarry tonight and we'll be near unto him, listen, time and time again, he'll lay it on you and me. When God lays it on you, I don't know how you feel about it, but I really want to see God lay it on our church, don't you? He has. He has. Oh, listen, God has blessed the Unity Baptist Church in miraculous ways. Oh, listen, aren't you thankful for how he lays it on the church? He lays it on the church and gives us more than we could ever ask and more. I think about the people God's added to our church, the members God's added to our church, and not just members, but good members. You say, is there any such thing as a bad member? Well, pastor of church, and you can come back and give me an answer. Now, there's none here today, and there are, you understand, nobody, nobody in the room or the parking lot's any of those, so just don't worry about that. But the truth of the matter is you understand what I'm saying brother David pastored over 40 years you know that a lot of times but God's added good members to our church and and not only that he's blessed us with with, with, with just an, an innumerable blessings but tonight I'm not satisfied with what God has done I want God to do it again I want God to visit this church and lay it on us again we need God to lay revival upon us we need God to lay holiness upon us we need God to bless us again and again and again and again and if we'll be faithful he will lay it on us I want God to lay it on my family I need my children need God to lay it on them oh I want my children to know God in the same way that I know God I want them to have their own experiences where they can say God laid it on me I want them to know that God's real and that God loves him and he'll meet their needs he laid it on her and oh tonight how we need the Lord to lay it on us tonight Uh, let's quickly tonight I can see this is going to be a there's my favorite adverb again the word of the day quickly (laughs) hastily that's another adverb abruptly I don't know if that's a synonym but it is an adverb I think is that right abruptly okay I'm just naming words that end with L-Y but anyhow believe it or not I did pass English 
But in the Bible says in verse 13, the latter part, as the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning, and she lay at his feet until the morning. Now quickly, I'm going to give you this, and I hope it will help you. Do you think, I want to ask you tonight, do you want God to lay it on you? Most of us, listen now, most of us want to reap the blessings of being a surrendered Christian without paying the price of being a surrendered Christian. We want to reap the benefits. You understand? We, we, here's what we want to do. We want, we want to get all the rewards of faithfulness without being faithful. But tonight, there, there, I, want, I believe there's a couple of things we can find right here in these few verses we read that kind of shed light on why Boaz laid it on her. And the first thing we see that there was, an, there was a, her, I want you to notice her admonition that she received. Boaz give her an admonition in verse 13. He says, as the Lord liveth, lie down until the morning. And she lay at his feet until the morning. She received the admonition of Boaz. Boaz told her after they had had this conversation, he said, I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to go out. And by the way, we live in a filthy world with a filthy mind. There's nothing filthy about this. This was holy. This was sacred. And, I, I, and anyhow, I don't want to get into that. But th there, was a, there was reasons for that. But did you know that she didn't ask for a reason? There was an explanation. But she didn't ask for an explanation. But she received, received the admonition of Boaz. It is said tonight that people are living their lives in rebellion against the advice of God. They're living their life in rebellion against the admonition of the Lord. They're not walking in his ways. They're not abiding by his commandments. They're not doing as he has said to do. And they wake up day after day and say, why won't God lay it on me? How come I go to church and I don't have that joy? How come I can't shout? How come I can't testify? How come it doesn't speak to me? I want to tell you tonight, it's because in order for God to lay it on us, we must accept the admonition that he gives us. She did not dispute his request. You don't find her arguing here saying, Boaz, listen, I've got a better idea. But she simply, she simply received it. She simply accepted it. And tonight, listen, we should receive the admonition of the Lord and not dispute with him. You know how silly it is for us to argue with God. How foolish it is. How unwise it is. I mean, how, uh, how dangerous it is for us to dispute with God his orders for our life. She did not dispute. She did not doubt. She didn't question his intentions. She said, oh, I know what you're trying. You're trying to be slick, aren't you? She didn't doubt him. She trusted him. And she did not disobey his request. For the Bible says she lay. She lay at his feet. Did you know tonight the blessings of God are bound to obedience? God has tied himself to bless those that obey him. The secret tonight to the abundant life is not talent, it's not education, and it's not effort. It's obedience. 
God has obligated himself to obey, uh, bless those that obey him, to bless those that heed the admonition that he's given us in his word. God has given us a book that's perfect, inspired, preserved, inerrant, infallible, and we as children of God, we must uh, recognize and receive the admonition God's given us. Have you ever met somebody who did not want to be admonished about anything? How many times is that the way we are with the Lord? And oh, tonight, if we want God to bless, you know the church, God will lay it on the one that walks in obedience to his word. You see tonight, this isn't about being a Baptist. This is about being biblical. It's about being right. This is not about traditions and grandma and grandpa. That's not what it's about truth. It's about, it's the word of God. And people say, what's the big deal? Why? Why do we have to, why do we have to be so careful? Brother James, why are you so worried? Why are you so concerned about everything? The songs we sing, the way we come to church, what we do, I'll tell you why. Because I want God to lay it on this church. I want God to bless this church. I want God to pour out, uh, listen, a fresh and abundant supply. And only if we Obey him will that take place. Do you want God to bless you in your life? You have to walk in obedience. Not, 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 not one of these, you know. I, when I was a little boy, I struggled with obedience. I really did. I struggled with it. I could be good for a little while, but not long. You understand? I could do good, bro, there for a little while, but it'd just get the best of me. When we had substitute teachers, I was, I, they, I, they were like pray to me. I, I took it as a personal challenge to see if I could not ruin their day. I'll never forget when, when I was in first grade, I was sitting there, and, uh, and cl- I'm not confessing sin, just a fault. I was sitting there, and, and we had a, a substitute teacher. Mr. Fr- his son, Greg, was in our class. This is crazy. I remember this. Greg Franklin, and uh, his, his, that was his son, Mr. Franklin. He, he, his, son's, his daddy was our substitute teacher that day, and, 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 and I know he didn't want to be there, and he was going to read us a story, and I thought, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen him. I'll read us a story. we got a TV. Let's watch a movie, you know, do some, you know, let's go play kickball, something that's very, uh, 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 you know, important to our education, and he, he started reading us a story, and I don't know what come over me. I do not know what possessed me. But for some reason, I began to untie my shoelaces on my shoe. And, Brother Larry, I reared back, and I threw my shoe off my foot as hard as I could, right at his forehead. And, 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 and listen, I'll never forget, it was funny until, uh, it was funny as it was, the shoe was traveling. But as I saw its trajectory, and I, and I saw its, the, 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 the way it was approaching him, my heart turned from joy to sadness and from, 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 from expectation to fear. And, and he, he ducked to the side, and that shoe hit the chalkboard. When it did, the, the chalk fell off, dust went everywhere. And, and, and just to cut, the, cut to the chase here, in a few minutes I was in Mr. Spooner. That was our principal's office. I had my hands on the desk, and he had the paddle in his hand. And did you know, I, what I'm saying is, I had a, I've always, when I was a boy, I always had a hard time obeying and doing right for a long time. I could do it for a little while. I could abide for a little while. But as time went on, I'd grow impatient, and I'd get uneasy, and I'd, I'd, I began to try to tiptoe and get across the line, see how far I could take it. And it it always ended up bad for me. It always ended up in a bad fashion for me in my life. But tonight, I don't want to be that way with the Lord, do you? I don't want to be a child that God's always having to whoop on. Amen? I don't want to be a child that God's always having to correct and, and uh, uh, chastise and discipline. I want to be one that obeys Him and follows Him and, and walks in accordance to His Word. 
So we want God to lay it on us. There's an admonition we must receive. Then we see her ability to remain. It said she laid his feet until the morning. Do you know a great, great ability that a person can have is the ability just to stick around. Just stick around. Just be there. Just uh, be in their place and stay in their place. She didn't just lay at his feet. You see, he didn't tell her just to lie down. He said, lie down until the morning. And listen, we know that partial obedience is complete disobedience. And so <coughs> he laid it on her. Do you see? She could have stayed there for three, four, five hours, Brother Larry. But if she had gotten up before the morning, she wouldn't have received, God, he would have never been able to lay it on her. And listen tonight, I, I want, what I'm saying is that if you and I want God to lay it on us, then we must develop the ability to remain at the feet of Jesus Christ. Not to get up and run out and run in and run away and run back, but stay there night and day, week after week, month after month. Listen, today we're living in a world that's plagued by a lack of being able just to stay in the right place her ability to remain she remained at the right place I wrote this down only those that abide, that abide near and close to the Lord Jesus Christ are the ones who enjoy the fullest life that God has to offer she remained in the right place tonight I asked you this where are you saying are you staying at the feet of Jesus? Are you near unto him? Did you know the safest place she could be was the feet of Boaz? He owned that place. He was the Lord of that place. He was the head of that place. And by being near unto him, it guaranteed her safety and her protection and her well-being. And tonight, you and I are jeopardizing not only our lives, but the lives of those around us if we're not close to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's many a child that's had irreparable damage done to them by a parent that would not live close to God. There's many a husband or wife that's done irreparable damage to their spouse because they would not stay at the feet of the Lord. She remained in the right place. Then she remained in the right posture. She lay down. She didn't pace back and forth, but she calmly and quietly lay at his feet, a position, a posture of submission and surrender, she remained in the right posture, then she remained for the right purpose. She wasn't waiting for barley. She wasn't laying there for barley. She was laying there for Boaz. That's why she was there for him. That was it. And too many tonight, the reason they come to church and they, try, and they, they claim that, 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 that this is the motive behind it, they want to see what they can get from it. What, what can I get from it? But the only motive you and I should have for anything we do for God is for him. For him. If you were to walk by that threshing floor, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and there she is and said, Naomi, I mean, Ruth, why are you laying here? She'd say, because for him. <laughs> I'm here for him. I'm not here for anything. I can imagine some of them ladies saying, oh, gold digger Ruth's done. She's trying to get in there and, and trying, to, trying to, you understand, trying to swoo him and get, so she, that, that was not why she was there. She was there simply and, and for the reason, for Boaz, that was her, that was her reason for being there. And if people ask us, why are we staying here? Why do we stay at the feet of the Lord? Why do we stay? Why is it important? because he's here it's for him then quickly it says this he said bring the veil and he measured six measures of barley and laid it on her 
And she went to the city. So the abundance of her reward. So in the morning, Boaz said, don't leave. I've got something I want to give you. And I want you to see this. It says in verse number, uh, let, let me look down here. I wrote the wrong verse down. I've lost my place. It's my Bible. My, that's a new Bible. It says in verse number 17, the last line, go not empty. He told her, go not empty. And did you know that you'll never leave the feet of Jesus empty-handed? In fact, you'll always leave with more than you had when you came. It was a significant reward. Did you know that, get this now, six measures of barley is equal to two ephahs of barley. Now, if you'll read back in chapter 2 when she worked all day, Brother David, in that field, all day, from morning until night, even after supper, she went out and worked, and, and even after those men were throwing her handful, even after all that, she got one ephah. Now, follow me. So by spending the night at the feet of Boaz, she got twice as much as, as her very best could do. She got in, in <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that's the grace of God. Yeah. And listen, we think that the key to this all is if we can roll up our sleeves and, and, and do more and do better. And I'm not knocking that. I'm not downplaying that. We should all try to do our best. But God doesn't bless us based on the amount of our activity and the, and the act. But he blesses us if we'll remain and we'll be close unto him. And God can give us more in one moment than we can work for in a whole lifetime. He blessed her twice as much. You see, his gift to her was twice as much as the best she could do for herself. And tonight, the blessings of the Lord, the Bible says the blessings of the Lord make it fat, and there's no sorrow with it. And he poured out six measures. Now, that's over 60 pounds of barley. It was a significant number here, a significant, a significant reward. This was not just a little handful, but a great amount, a great bounty of, of barley, a significant reward. It was a symbolic reward. This was more than her just giving barley, giving her barley. But this was a token of the intentions of Boaz to take her as his wife. You know why God's given us all these blessings? It's a token. It's, it's, it's an earnest. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the earnest of our inheritance. It's a, down, it's, it's a token. And that's what he was telling her is, I want you to realize that what I'm doing for you. When she, when, now, 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 most believe that she carried it out on her head like they used to do over there. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't do it. I ain't flat-headed, but maybe some of the square-headed people could do that. But, but she carried it on her head, and, and she walked out. And, and on her head, she was carrying the blessings of Boaz. And as she walked home, every time she had roll her eyes up, make sure it was bound. She'd think, he loves me. And she'd walk a little more and she'd look, she'd say, he loves me. And maybe she'd reach up there and begin. She'd say, oh, Boaz is going to take care of me. Oh, he's going to meet my needs. He's going to fulfill his promises. And tonight, you don't know why God lays it on us to remind us and to assure us that he loves us and he's going to take care of us. I'm glad we can never doubt the love of God for us. Because he, 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 he constantly and continually and faithfully blesses us and pours out his blessings on us. Every day we wake up and we draw a breath of air. We realize the blessings of God in our lives when we look upon our families and our homes that he's given us and the clothes and the cars and all these things. It reminds us he loves me and he's going to take care of me. But it was a sufficient reward. You say, how sufficient was it? 
It was more than her and Naomi could ever eat. One man said it like this. He gave her more than she needed to make it to the wedding. Amen. You know what? God gave the church at Pentecost more than enough to make it to the wedding. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful tonight for the grace of God, aren't you? The sufficient grace of God. God told Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. And the same God and the same grace is with us tonight. And the same God and the same grace that was sufficient for Paul is sufficient for me. And listen, he gave her more than she could ever eat. He said, honey, I'm going to get you to the wedding. And once you get to the wedding, barley's the last thing you're ever going to have to worry about again. Because now I'm not going to be giving any barley. You're going to have the whole field then. You're going to own the field, the barley. You're gonna, everything's going to be yours that's on the ground. From, from the front to the back, from, the, from each side, it's all going to be yours. And listen, I'm so glad that God has given us a measure of grace that's going to help us to make it to the other side. Though sometimes we are tattered and torn by the storms of life. Sometimes we have to walk through dark valleys and deal with and fight hard battles. I'm glad God's grace is sufficient it will be sufficient it's always been sufficient he gave her a sufficient reward then we see the amazement upon her return verse 16 when she came unto her mother-in-law she said who art thou (laughs) who art thou quickly I want you to see the wonder to behold nobody knew Ruth in Bethlehem Judah better than Naomi But after a night at Boaz's feet, even Naomi couldn't recognize her. Children, you know what would happen? If you would live and and walk close to the feet of Christ, your parents would say, what have you done with my son and daughter? Have you hidden them somewhere? Have you taken possession of their body? Because you look like them, but you're not acting like them. You know what our wise men would say to us if we'd live and walk close to Christ? They'd say, what's happened to you? Who art thou? Who art thou? And uh, I would admonish the ladies, but since we, Mother's Day, I didn't preach a Mother's Day sermon, I'm just going to leave you all alone. But if you'd spend, listen, mothers, if you'd spend and live close to the feet of Christ, your own children would say, who art thou? It's amazing how being near and close to the Lord Jesus Christ changes everything about us. And did you know that Ruth did not even realize anything? She didn't even, she didn't, she didn't, it's not like Ruth was coming in there saying, hey, can you see how different, look at me. Look, no, but Naomi looked upon her and Ruth did not say a word, but immediately Naomi said, who art thou? There's something different. She had a glow on her face, a gleam in her eye. There was a smile, there was an air about her. Something had changed. Something was different. Things had things had turned in her favor. And oh, tonight we must stay if we want God to lay it on us. And listen, when God does lay it on us, people will look upon us and say, who art thou? Who art thou? There's a wonder. Behold, there's a word about Boaz. She said and she told her all that the man had done. A word about Boaz. What did she tell Naomi? She told her what Boaz had done. You know what? We need to tell others what Jesus has done. What Jesus has done. I was talking to a young man today. He's getting mixed up in some things. If he's not careful, it's going to mess him up. And I told him, I said, you're trying to figure out things that God never intended for us to figure out. You're trying to solve a puzzle that you can't solve. 
You're, you're, you're trying to go and, and dive into things that God never intended for a man or a, a woman to know. To, there's things that God doesn't want us to know. Did you know that? Did you know that there's things God doesn't want us to know? And listen, we sometimes we make this so complicated. And so, and, and listen, I, 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 if there's anybody in this room that believes in conviction and repentance, it's me. But I know this, that people need us to tell them what the Lord has done for us before there can be conviction and repentance. You know what she told Mel? She bragged about Boaz. He said, she said, Mama, you ain't going to believe this. I went down there, and, he, and he, he told me that he blessed me there. And he bragged about me. He said I was a virtuous woman. He told me I could stay at his feet. And before I left, look at all this. He loaded me down, and he told me that he's going he's to make sure that he redeems me as his bride. Amen. That's what we need to tell the world. We need to tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Did you know a person can be saved? without even knowing what repentance, the word repentance means? Did you know that a person can be saved without even think, and they can think that election, what happens in November? Did you know that? And a person can get saved. Brother Dad, the night I got saved, I thought predestination was medicine. I had no idea. I've been in church, but I didn't listen very much. I really didn't. I still struggle sometimes to listen. Just depends on who's preaching and what's going on. But, but listen, but I knew I was lost. And I knew I was going to hell. And I knew in my heart there was something happening to me. And I fell on my knees and called on the Lord and he changed me. And listen tonight, people don't need to hear all your big words and fancy speeches. And listen, the Bible calls them clouds without water. Great swelling words. Trying to impress people with their wisdom and knowledge. What people need to know is what Jesus has done unto them. But there was the witness of the barley. You see, she had proof that she had been with Boaz. There was no denying it. I mean, there was no way that she could have gone to the local grocery store and robbed them for six measures of barley. She didn't go in with a Glock and say, give me all your barley. She knew this was proof. She was, it was proof that she had been with Boaz. Listen to me, I'm trying to hurry. Many talk of knowing the Lord. but have very little evidence that they know him. Ruth had proof. That rhymes kind of the proof, the proof of Ruth. The proof of Ruth. See, that's the tongue tie. Anyhow, Ruth had proof, and it was in that barley. In that barley. And you know, in our lives as we live, God will give us more and more evidence. And we need to tell others, listen, look what God's done for me. Look what God's done for me. The other day, I, I, I asked Miss Taylor help me. She organized. I've got. I've got. I believe I've got every sermon I've ever preached in the last twenty years in in in, down, in notebooks. I, I've typed. Every, my mom, my mom's a smart woman. And when I first, I, I, I took keyboarding. One of the only classes I ever took in high school, and I'm still using today, is typing. And she told me when I first started, she said, you need to type your sermons, save them. That way you can have them. And, and anyway, so there's thousands of them, literally thousands of them. And, and I asked Ms. Taylor to help me, and she did a good job. She brought them to me, and I sat down there the other day. Now, when I started out preaching, my biggest, here was my greatest fear. Listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. This is my greatest fear, not having something to preach. I'd worry myself to death. I'm talking about, I, you can ask my, I'd worry myself to death. I'd stay up all night. If Brother Willard said, hey, Brother James, I want you to preach five minutes Sunday night. 
hey, that was it. I couldn't sleep. I, I, I was torn about it. And, and that was my biggest concern. But God told me when I started, I'll give you something to preach. And the other day I sat down there in my office and I just started looking through those sermons one after another. And every time I turned the page, the Lord said, I've done what I said I'd do. I've done, and listen, I know there's better ones and I'm not claiming that mine are, these, they, they, I'm not saying they're, to be, they're special to you or special to anybody, but you know what they are? They're special to me. Because when I open those and I look at them, it's proof there's barley. There's what God's given to me. And when you look around, you ought to see some evidence that God has answered you prayers and met your needs. Verse 18, we see the assurance that she rested in. Then she said, she sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. The man will not be in rest until he have finished the thing this day. I'm just going to give you some things here. Pay attention and I'll be done. Number one, she said, sit still, my daughter, until thou know. Follow me on this. We want to know before we sit still. But it's not hard to sit still when you know. But she said, sit still until thou know. You know what that was requiring? Faith. Faith. She was having to exercise faith in Boaz. She said, daughter, you're going to have to sit still. You see, Ruth had done everything she could do now. It was out of her hands. It was out of her hands. And did you know tonight that you and I, we waste a lot of our lives worrying about things we cannot fix, we cannot change. We consume ourselves with worry and anxiety, trying to solve problems and trying to fix people and trying to change situations. And, and, and trying to straighten everything out in our lives and get it all right in line and right in order. It, it'd help us. It'd lower our blood pressure. It'd probably lengthen our life. It'd make our hair grow. It wouldn't make it grow back, but that'd be nice if it would. But it, yeah, 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 listen, it would change our life if we learned the secret of being able to sit still until we know. Amen. Instead of trying to wring our hands and, 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 and fret and worry. And, 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 and listen, I've got four children, three daughters. You don't think I've got something to be worried about? I mean, I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I'm worried to death about my children. My daughter, Ginger, starts middle school next year. And oh, I'm so, I don't want to go to jail, Brother David. I, I mean, really. But I will for her. I promise you I will. And oh, man, I've done talked to the principal up there. I, I mean, I've done told them, look, I'm telling you, you better, you better watch out for her because if you don't, I will be here. And I said, when I come, I'm not checking in. I'm not getting a car. I'm going to tear lockers off the walls. I told him, I said, you don't think the Incredible Hulk's coming here? Because, listen, that's my darling, you understand? That's my baby. She was the first one I held my hands. She was the first one I listened to a heartbeat. And if I wanted to, I could pace the floor all night worry about what could happen and what might happen. But what's best for me and what's best for them is if I'll just sit still and rest. And know that the God that promised me and helped me with them is going to help me and will watch over them when I can't. Sit still until thou know. For the man will not be in rest until he finished the thing this day. Naomi said, honey, you can rest because he won't rest until he's finished the thing this day this day I thought about 
I quoted it this morning, Philippians 1, 6, being confident this very thing, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Naomi said, honey, you can sit still and you can rest because he ain't going to rest. And aren't you glad tonight that we have a God who does not sleep or slumber? And when we're asleep, he's, he's still busy in our lives. Did you know that God does more for us that we don't know of than we do know of? There's more blessings that I've received in my life that I'm unconscious of than I'm conscious of. God's done things for me that I'll only know when I get to heaven. But the truth is tonight we can have the assurance, we can have the rest in our heart by knowing that Jesus won't stop until he finishes what he started. He, won't fit, he will not rest, she said. He's not going to stop. Naomi said, I don't know much, but I know Boaz. I know the type of man he is. If he said he's going to do it, he'll do it. And he won't stop till it's done. He's going to, like my brother Tony used to tell me, run the rabbit to the hole. I hated that. Listen, that's the reason I'll never rabbit hunt because I hate that saying, run the rabbit to the hole. What he was saying is don't stop till the job's done. And aren't you glad the Lord Jesus Christ will not stop till he's finished, till the work's done, till redemption's complete, till the marriage vows have been said, till the table's been spread, till heaven's our home. He will. Will not rest till it's done. I'm so glad tonight that I'm not having to labor and work to get to heaven. I'm glad that I can rest in the work and the labor of Jesus Christ because he would not rest, we can rest. Because he would not stop, we can stop. Because he would not sit down, we can sit down. Uh, listen tonight, we are blessed tonight. God has been good to us and he's laid it on us, but we need to ask him, Lord, Lay it on us again. There's things that we could all worry ourselves tonight with. But we need to just sit still until we know how the matter will fall. And we can know that we can rest because he won't rest. Many times in the Gospels, Jesus said, I must work the work of him that sent me. He said, the meat of me is to do the will of him, the Father that sent me. Over and over again. For this cause came out of the world. He's talking about Calvary. He went and he worked. He went and he worked and he went. And then on Calvary, he said, it is finished. It is finished. And listen tonight. He will not rest till he finishes what he started. 